Hey, buddies. Hello, fellow Franco fans. Followers of Uncle Jess, it is I, your host, Jason Rudy, from Desperate Visions Productions, Sacramento, California-based filmmaking group, uh, filmmaking company, um, that I started back in 2007, and now in 2021, that's, uh, quick math, 14 years, uh, getting back into it again, took about a two-year sabbatical, uh, worked the job, all that good stuff, now got some new equipment, writing some new scripts, gonna get some new group of actors, bringing back some of the old crew, and, uh, yeah, get the little group back together, a little caravan, and start making some good movies. Living in California, there's always some, a lot of beautiful land, and, uh, locations and watch a lot of Jess Franco films inspires me to seek out cool exterior locations because really the locations make a lot of his films so much better and uh, this is one film that does make better Love Camp which is uh, episode 24 film 82 uh, this week on the Franco Observer podcast um, yeah Love Camp was good um, I enjoyed it it's uh, kind of a rehash of a few of his other films. Um, you know, as you watch it, you'll see. Um, Barbed Wire Dolls and 99 Women and every bunch of other stuff. Um, so yeah, let's see. For this, uh, like I said again, episode 24, this is film 82. This is uh, the 14th of... 14 of 16 in the Dietrich collection. Um we're doing Wicked Women, of course, next is uh, 15, and then, uh, so yeah, and then the last film is uh, Women in Cell Block 9, that'll be the 16 of 16 films we did in the D-Trick, Erwin C. D-Trick, Jess Franco collaboration. So then, yeah, after that, um, what, what I'm going to do is, because uh, episode one is Count Dracula, and uh, for this one, let's see, that would be like probably episode 27 if I don't have any guest hosts by then uh, that I'll be returning to the film after Count Dracula and we'll kind of go from there Nightmares Come at Night so yeah that'll start with uh, we'll start with Nightmares Come at Night and then go forward and then on the guest hosts we'll do um, the Harry Allen Towers and the early Franco stuff and then uh, some of the later stuff the 80s stuff you know from um Uncle Jess, Cannibals, and all that forward after uh, the uh, leanest. Anyway, so I'm rambling. But yeah, so let's get into the meat of the show. Uh, this is Love Camp. And let's get things situated here. Love Camp, UK, US, DVD, and Blu ray title. Uh, country of Origin, Switzerland, 1977. The original theatrical title in Country of Origin, Camp d'Amour pour. Mercenaries, French-speaking Switzerland title, and that's uh, Love Camp for Mercenaries. Alternative titles, uh, Frauen und Leiberschlager, German-speaking Swiss theatrical, West German title, theatrical, Women in the, women in the Love Camp, uh, Sex in a Woman's Love Camp, UK Cine Club theatrical title, Camp Erotique, the Canada-French-speaking theatrical title, uh, Spanish uh, Women's in the Love Concentration Camp, Morejes in el Campo de Concentración de el Mor, 
Violación entre Rillas, Argentina Theatrical, Violation Behind Bars. Then we have The Insatiable from Switzerland. Uh, Netherlands is Sex Barracks, Sex Casarín. Um, 1978 trade title, they were going to call it Women in the Love Camp. And the title on the actor's contracts was just called Camp. So yeah, this project was just Camp, which I like that, just the one-word titles. Uh, let's see, production company course is Elite Film, AG, Mr. Dietrich's company. Uh, theatrical distributor, Avis Film Verlesch, Swiss West German, and Filmways out of Australia. Timeline for this is uh, June 20th, the filming timelines, I should say the shooting date, uh, June 20th to July 4th of 1977. So yeah, they wrapped on uh, the United States, 4th of July, which is cool. And for me, I really like this because my birthday is October 13th, and this film was released, had its premiere on October 13th of 1977, which would be four-year-old Jason. Uh, then we have UK, Portsmouth, December 24th, Christmas Eve, very nice, 1977. Uh, then we have uh, Switzerland, Biel Bezening, February 17th, 1978, and it was rejected by the BBFC for, I don't know why, uh, September 4th, 1978, uh, Zurich, June 18th, 79, Madrid, June 18th, 79, Seville, October 26th, 1979, Ottawa, September 10th, 1979, Marcia, February 11th, 1981, and Barcelona, November 14th, 1983. This did not have a um, release, theatrical release, in the United States at all, so, which was interesting because, uh, some of these time period stuff was getting sent over here. Uh, theatrical running time, Switzerland, 101 minutes, Germany, 71.45. Uh, video DVD Blu-ray running times converted when necessary. Uh, UK, the PAL VHS version, 72 minutes, 27 seconds. And the Ascot Elite Blu-ray is 78 minutes, 44 seconds. Director of the project, Jess Franco. Executive producer, Erwin C. Dietrich. Script, Erwin C. Dietrich as Manfred Greger. Set construction, Walter Kalin. Lighting, Hans Zuvel. Music, Walter Baumgartner. Props, Arthur Peter. Costumes, Lisa Indrelli. Line producer, Erwin C. Dietrich. Cast, Nanda von Bergen. Commander of the Women's Division. Camp A1. Greensnake. Ada Taler. Angela Delane. The Bride. Monica Swim as Monica Swin. Maria Tiboldi, or Marja, contract spelling. Lesbian Prisoner is her official title of the film. Esther Studer as Esther Studer, with no H. Uh, she plays Lupita Pavona slash Peron, a virgin. Brigitte Meyer, Pepe Masul, the brawn prostitute. Walt Davis plays Captain Chino de Guerra. Chinese gives war, uh, which we figured it out. Credited in German press book only, Monica Kalin as Tona, the dark-haired prostitute, Ingrid Kerr as the short-haired guard, Maria P. Foster and Roman Hubert as the guard-leading chained convoy of women. Uncredited, Carl Geisling, the goateed rebel fighter who rapes Lupita and Jess Franco, the voice of the parrot. Let's see. Review, of course, coming from Stephen Thrower's book, Flowers of Perversion. 
the third of four women in prison films, which Franco made for Irwin C. Dietrich, Love Camp is the least sleazy and shocking of the group. If Dietrich gave Franco any prior instruction before making it, I suspect he asked him for commercial reasons to tone it down a bit. There's certainly nothing here to rival else of the Wicked Warden's infamous Kulo scene, although that didn't stop the British censor from banning the film outright in September 1978. Love Camp cleans up its act in a more literal way, too. There's a neat and tidy quality to this location, and the women are well-groomed, even glamorous. Everything looks just a bit less scuzzy than the other films Franco made in this subgenre. There's little of the verite sense of decay and despair that made barbed wire dolls so disturbing. Instead, the film is photographed cleanly and carefully by Rudolf Kutel on bright, well-maintained sets and locations. There's even a brief but elegant crane shot, very rare in this period of Franco cinema. When violence erupts, such as the protracted punishment scene in which the chief warden and ballsy prostitute Tona Franco shows only the agonized faces of the victims as the warden's blows rain down. No shots of no shots of welts or bloody cuts and bruises. Such restraint may have provided Dietrich with a film he could market more widely, but it weakens the horror element. A scene in which Angela is tied to a metal bed frame arouses expectations of a brutal electrocution scene, as per Barbed Wire Dolls and Ilsa the Wicked Warden, but instead we see her sobbing because she's uncomfortably tied up. One's heart conspicuously fails to bleed. Yeah, later on in the review portion, Eric and I noticed that. Again, I, that shot on the bed frame is the same as those two. But uh, we thought it was just missing the sound, the uh, shocking electricity sound. But I guess that was just the thing. I don't know. Uh that said, the film does stand out for its psychological dimension and also for an aspect which rarely counts among the major asset of Franco Productions, the dialogue. Um, we never learn exactly where the film is supposed to be set, just somewhere in South America. The opening scenes in which so-called revolutionaries kidnap various women. Anyone from hookers waiting for a John to be a... waiting for a John to a blushing bride on her wedding night suggest a politically pointed tale in which the leftist intelligentist favorite causes in Latin America are as revealed as corrupt patriarchal regimes in waiting. Political comment, however, takes second place to farce. The abductions are followed by a scene in which women being marched through the jungle in shackles, which goes on so long it's surely meant to be funny. Franco on screen. Franco does not appear, but he dubs a potty-mouthed parrot as also heard in De Sklaven. Music, which is slaves. Music, standard Walter Baumgartner cues with lots of bongos to remind you it's a jungle out there. Locations, all right, here's a good part. The tropical garden of Monteserrate Palace in Sintra, Portugal, provides the exteriors. The foyer of the love camp, where new arrivals are lined up, is the hallway at Villa Sonnenberg in Zurich one of the two main studio setups used in the Dietrich Productions. Um, there was no evidence of film ever played in the United States. Um, love Camp was submitted for theatrical release in the UK by Mark Associates as Sex in a Woman's Love Camp, but the film was rejected outright by the censor on September 4th, 1978. 
This is a rare example of a film that bypassed the BBFC before being banned. Cinema clubs were permitted to show unlicensed films to members only. Although in practice, becoming a member simply involved buying a season pass two or three hours before the screenings. Sex in a Woman's Love Camp should not be confused with the Brunello Rondi film Sex Life in a Woman's Prison, 1974, or indeed Love in a Woman's Prison, 1974 as well. Nor should it be confused with a later release called Love Camp, which was in fact another film bought in 1981 with Laura Gimser. Connection. There's a trace of Stockholm Syndrome to Ada Talaire's relationship with Walt Davis's Oafish Captain, probably stimulated by the stimulated by then recent news stories about Patty Hearst, who was convicted the year before on March twentieth, nineteen seventy six. The paperback book Monica Swim is holding when we first see her is Shock Tactics, one of a series of secret agent novels by the French crime writer Jean Bruce, featuring his best known creation Hubert Bonsier de la Bath also known as OSS-117. All right, so yeah, uh, we watched the uh, Full Moon release of Love Camp, and I talk about the um, inconsistencies with the uh, cover artwork and the description and some of the wording of the film, which was way off in my opinion. Uh, yeah, you'll hear, you'll hear that in the uh, review portion coming up. Uh, there's also a really good Ascot Elite copy. Um... The only thing that I don't like about the Ascot Elite as I buy them is, for instance, if you just get the Full Moon DVD, you get the English dub, and I get the Ascot Elite Blu-rays hoping to, hoping in a few, but now I'm seeing the pattern. Um, for instance, they have the English track and like the German track and French track, but the podcasts aren't those languages. The po- I'm sorry, the subtitles. The subtitles aren't, there's no... English subtitles, there's only Japanese subtitles or uh, one or two other languages, but yeah, if they would have the original language and English subtitles, I would be very happy, but uh, yeah, no English subtitles, so I don't know, it's, I mean, it's an upgrade picture, but it's not as big as I'd hoped. The ones that are good are the ones with the extended cuts and the uh, deleted scenes and that that the DVDs don't have the x-rated extended cuts and all that um so yeah um it was a good film um i liked it i don't know i didn't like it as much as uh as other films there's uh the actors are better than the than the script so that's what i'll say about this film and there's there's a couple good shots but it's uh it's not too strong um but yeah, it's Uncle Jess, so it's still better than a lot of other stuff. So got that going for it, and you know, it's not it's not bad. Uh, let's see. So mission statement, of course, is praise and memory of Jess Franco, always bringing the name and films of Jess Franco to new eyes and ears. That's so important. And with this podcast, I know I'm doing that. Please download the episodes. Uh, it definitely is cool for you to listen, but it's even better to download because when you download, it registers a click and it shows that we have another listener so yeah it adds our to our numbers makes our numbers grow and you know watching franco films things grow so you know that um also please rate and subscribe to the podcast uh, um you know tell people about it let's get everybody listening let's get jess franco and 
more ears, more eyes, and more brains. You can also uh, get a hold of us at Franco Observer. Our email address is francoobserver at yahoo.com. That's F-R-A-N-C-O-O-B-S-E-R-V-E-R at yahoo.com. Uh, you can get us on Facebook and Instagram. We got our pages there. Uh, add us. Check out our pictures. Send nice comments. Send us emails. We always dig at stuff. Tell us you're listening. I always like to hear all the cool uh, people listening all over the world. We now have downloads in 23 countries. Thank you very much. That was awesome. We started with like three three countries, five. Now we're up to 23. So yeah, the name of Franco's course worldwide before i even started this little teeny podcast but it's cool to be able to see the uh analytics and see different countries different cities who's all listening so yeah shout out to all you guys thank you very much um very strong very very strong and of course the united states numbers are strong as well so that's awesome i love it let's keep doing it we want more franco blu-rays we want more franco product back in we need some remastering uh, we see a lot of people talking about what they want for their next Blu-rays and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just so much stuff out there that is um, needs to be upgraded. So yeah, let's let's get some stuff out there. You know, I mean, uh, damn, I don't know. So anyway, listen to the show. Uh, is there a trailer for this Love Camp? I think yeah, I have a trailer for this. So. I'll put the trailer on, and then uh, you have uh, bumper music. And also, too, um, been, uh, as we watch the films and discuss the films in an organic sort of way, in an artful sort of way, hopefully, as I consider it inspiration, if I inspired, I uh, come up with a song based on the movie, the theme of the movie, the feeling of the movie. And uh, when listening to this ahead, you'll hear me book on the fly I had one idea watching it and then talking about it and the finish of the film made me say oh it's this song and that's the song you'll hear after the review portion so anyway it's a late night here and uh, I gotta get to bed but I wanted to get this part recorded because uh, you know it's in my blood I want to get out the product every week and share the love for all my fans and all my friends and everybody that loves the show, not my fans, fans of Uncle Jess. So, alrighty, guys, thanks a lot, and uh, talk to you later. Adios. Die jungen Revolutionäre brauchen eine Vaterfigur. Was die Revolutionäre brauchen, sind Frauen im Camp. Ich erteile euch den offiziellen Befehl, sie ranzuschaffen. Okay, Chef. Komm, Pepa, Männer in Sicht. Bedauere, Senorita. Lassen Sie meine Braut los! Ein Mädchenpensionat ist das nicht, wo ihr hinkommt. Frauen im Liebeslager. Ihr habt die Ehre, die Guerilleros, die im Dienst der unabhängigen revolutionären Front für die soziale Gleichberechtigung und die nationale Einheit kämpfen, als Frauen zu beglücken. Eine venerische Krankheit? Das verstehe ich nicht. Was ist das? Herr Doktor, wir wissen, dass Sie schon mal geschlechtskrank waren. Nein. Weiter die nächste. Der nächste dort rüber. Und für euch was Besonderes. Unsere Sexbombe. Madonna. Ran. Knutscht sich wunderbar. Ich weiß, du bist ein Held, aber sei es auch bei mir. Mal was rein in die Tüte. Stur wie ein Panzer. Oh nein, ich will nicht. Haben Sie denn kein Herz? Ich hasse Sie. Angela Della. Befehl des Chefs. 
Sie sollen sofort zu ihm kommen. Hier ist eben was Besseres. Ich danke Ihnen, dass Sie zu uns gekommen sind, Chef. Ich habe alles für Ihren Empfang vorbereitet. Wenn Sie so weitermachen, verfalle ich noch Ihrem Charme. Bedauerlich, dass ich für Sie keine Verwendung habe. Wie wäre es mit einem Mädchen? Na, ran. Oh, führen Sie mich zum Chef, ich stehe unter seinem Schutz. Unter meinem Schutz. Leck mir die Stiefel. Ja, so ist es brav. Bestie. Hey, Sie, was nehmen Sie sich aus? Verdammte Ruhe. Was fällt Ihnen denn ein? Mir fällt ganz bestimmt was ein. Du wirfst mich vor ihr auf die Knie und bittest sie um Verzeihung. Frauen im Liebeslager. Scheinheilige, widerliche Zicke, ich mache ich doch für wahnsinnig Alberto, du bist da. Ich hole dich hier raus, Liebes. Sie will fliehen, pass auf. Ja. Nimm ihn, schieß doch. Dann habe ich endlich Ruhe vor dir. Ja, jetzt knall ich dich ab. Oh, Alberto! Halt, oder ich schieße. Diese Frauen werden für ihren Fluchtversuch bestraft. Nein, nein. Das habe ich nicht gewollt. Feuer! Adios, Chino. Adios. Frauen im Liebeslager. Greetings, friends, buddies. Fellow Franco fans, it is I, your host, Jason Rudy, and this is episode 24 of the Franco Observer podcast, where we uh, observed and reported on film number 82, uh, the great film Love Camp, uh, film number 14 of 16 in the Urban C.D. trick, Just Franco collaboration. Uh, we got uh, two more after this, and then... After this, we're going to go ahead and uh, after we finish out the Dietrich uh, cycle, we're going to start because uh, episode one was Count Dracula. And then um, Eric and I went through and did the Dietrich ones. And now so after the Dietrich cycle is over, we're going to start back up the film after Count Dracula, um, Nightmares Come at Night, and then uh, do the sold odd ones and then onward and Alina and all that up to the Dietrich and then jump after that. So. And then the earlier stuff I'm going to do with other guests that will come on, other guest reviewers and that. And uh, like we've been doing with Night Night Women, Girl from Rio, Blood of Fu Manchu and all that stuff. So, But if this is a Dietrich film, it means I'm doing it with my co-host, Eric Whitwell. Uh, hey, Eric. Hey, hola. Hola, como esta? Bien. Good. Yeah, I had some crazy weather here. Had like 60 mile per hour wind bursts, bunch of things blowing around. Uh, we had a break in the weather, so we met up and watched Love Camp. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with the synopsis real quick and then uh, start throwing the ball around. So let's see. A good short synopsis. Let me uh, remove the spectacles and go for town. All right. An unnamed South American country. Uh, the Independent Revolutionary Front abduct young women indiscriminately to act as whores for the revolutionary guerrillas. Angela is abducted on her wedding night and taken into sexual slavery. Once incarcerated, she catches the eye of two opposing figures, rebel, rebel leader Chino de Guerra and a sadistic lesbian in charge of the love camp, who is actually uh, Green Snake. They don't give her a name there, but yeah, she's uh, Nadia Von Berger. For Bergen. 
Uh, Angela experiences the pangs of guilty love as the rebel leader takes her physically to heights of ecstasy and then reveals his softer side. Meanwhile, the camp commander is seething with jealousy and plans to drive a wedge between the two of them. Angela's love for her husband remains, but when the time comes and she manages to escape the camp, who will she turn to? Chauvinist sex machine Chino or Alberto, her decent, upstanding, intellectual husband. That's kind of a nice little uh, tinge to it. That's funny. When did he he ever show that he was intellectual? (laughs) Maybe his like... Well, I mean, he was smart to like have the plan going. But that's and, like, true. You know, that's true. Yeah, it yeah. cost innocent people their lives. Yeah, that's true. So. <laughs> so, Eric, what did you think of the film? It was fun. It was it was a really fun movie. Um, yeah, it was, it was had some crazy twists in it. It had some definite scenes that were that were fun. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good elements to it. Some other great shots as well. Um, yeah, it was good. It was really good. What did you? Uh, so you have uh, a new favorite from this film that uh, certain <laughs> actress that caught your eye. Oh my gosh, she's beautiful. What was her name again? The blonde girl. Uh, her name is. I gotta write that down because I gotta I gotta look her up. Brigitte Meyer. Brigitte Meyer. Okay. She plays bra- blonde prostitute. Oh gosh, I would I would pay money. <laughs> <laughs> I would marry her and let her, and she could still have her job. Yeah. <laughs> So also with this film, uh, one gal who I always have an eye for is Esther Studer. Okay, so we figured out the difference between Esther Mosier and Esther Studer. Yes. Because we kept getting the names confused. Because some, like Esther Studer and Esther Mosier are both in Around the World in 80 Beds. Uh, Esther Moser plays like the instructor in that masturbatory thing. Yeah. And the host of the show and everything. And then uh, Esther Studer was the one that was chained up or tied up on the crucifix and... uh, was I think like the sister that was in that mother daughter, mother father thing in the, with the oh, big yeah, afro the wig, yep. you know, yeah 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 that. that's right so, yeah. that's right the stage show and then she's in Jack the Ripper she's the one that's the model for the poster with uh, Klaus Kinski and then of course around the world in eighty beds uh, Mono Rodica and then Elsa, uh, Esther Studer's in uh, the Elsa and and uh, Barbara dolls and the most of the other Dietrich she's more of a Dietrich Mosher, actress Mosher. Esther Mosher so yeah, 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 yeah. Esther Mosher. So yeah, so then there's Esther Studer and Esther Mosher. So yeah, it's almost like the uh, Emmett Walsh and uh, uh, Brian Dennehy or something like that. They get confused or like, uh, you know, they used to say so-and-so was a poor man, so-and-so, like actor-wise, you know. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think like some guys like that. Like, um, Well, this one, it's just like in the names. Like, you know what I mean? When you're reading yeah. Esther, when they're both in the same movie and... And then I think there might have been a mistake in some. Yeah, I think some were credited as a different name and they weren't because we always get mixed up too. Because like even like they had one, I was like Pilar Cole was mixed in there, and I was like getting her because there was Esther Pilar and Esther yeah. Mosier and Pilar Cole and yeah, oh, yeah. Esther Studer, and I was like, oh, I'll start getting confused trying to keep track of everybody. But uh, yeah, no, this this uh, like Eric was saying, this was a good film. Um, technical wise, it was photographed really well. Um, not too many zooms, not too many things out of focus. Uh, some really nice exterior shots. These a lot of the same locations that we started to recognize from other films that were repeated, used in this. And we'll go through them as we go through the the um, highlights and stuff of the film. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was cool. So like uh, basically, um, I went ahead and printed out a uh, Franco Observer list, and I'm gonna probably like make a JPEG out of this and like put it on. 
some of the episodes or I'm going to figure out a way maybe to put it on the site and or maybe go to Instagram and I'll put it as like a JPEG and you can check it out. But uh, I basically have a list of 18, although I keep wanting to add more <laughs> of the uh, Franco list. It's almost be like a drinking game or something. Like every time you see one of these, you take a shot. I think or, Talking Birds. I think that yeah. like, Talking Birds has to be there sometime. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's see. I think I actually have it on here. Yeah. If not, maybe I don't. I should. Okay. So I have a course. Uh, well, first I'm going to read the list, just 1 through 18, and then we'll go through and see what actually makes the list. Okay. So number one, uh, Body of Water. Number two, sailboat. Number three, boats. Number four, palm trees. Number five, jungle sound effects. Number six, a chained up person or tied up person. You know, they have to be handcuffed, don't count, but they'd be tied up with a chain or a rope or something, you like know. Bound. Bound. A bound up person. There you go. Yeah. Uh, number seven, a dance scene on stage. Stripping or no stripping. Usually it's stripping. Uh, number eight, uh, club scenes of people dancing in a club, uh, entertainment in a club, just a scene that takes place in a in a dance club or a club of some kind, a bar or club, you know. Uh, number nine, um, jazz music. Uh, number 10, excessive zooms. Number 11, out of focus shots. Number 12, mirror shots. And then we start going through uh, number 13, the mind control themes. Um, number 14, magic tongue scenes. Mostly for Lena, but I've noticed that's a pattern that he focuses on close-up of tongues. He likes, he likes yeah. licking. He likes, he likes licking. licking tongues. <laughs> uh, 15 red lights. And then these, the next one is the, uh, actually it should be two, I have, because but it's with the Dietrich films mostly. Um, the sheepskin rug, and of course, masturbation with a C item. Uh, number 18, mad scientists. And then 19, er, 17 mad scientists. And then 18 uh, fish tank shots. And then like Eric was saying, 19 could be talking birds. Uh, parrots, that would be like a common thing, you know, adding that now. So, yeah, so that's number 19 on the film. So, yeah, okay, so with this, uh, one, body of water, yes. Or, actually, is there body of water? In this? Yeah, you had the pond with the, the, oh, the yeah, very, yeah. very beginning. That's true, but, yeah, there wasn't like a like a... Like a sea or anything, anything about that? No sailboat, no sailboat or boats in this. I kind of space that actually. And think about that. Yeah, that those. I don't think there's a sailboat or boat in this. No, movie. there's no, it's no boat. No, but you're right. There's like body water where the where the lily pads were. And yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, palm trees. Yes, plenty of palm trees. Lots of palms. Number five, jungle sound effects. Total lot of jungle sound <laughs> effects. Incessant, especially as it built toward the end. They kept doing more and more and more. It was funny. You know, it was like building. It's like you want to know what was wrong with the monkeys. Why do they keep screaming? <laughs> I know. Um, number six, chained up person. Yeah, you have uh, um, Monica Swim and let's see, I have it written down here. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. Let's see. Um, yes, yeah, go. Cool. So Monica Swim is like tied up with like a leather around her wrist where she's kind of bound. Um, uh, yeah, it was the, the girl that was beating her. Yeah, she was the other prostitute, or she was the, uh, the they called her brunette prostitute. Oh, yeah, um, Monica Kalin. So there's two Monicas, this Monica oh, wow. Swim and Monica Kalin, K-A-E-L-I-N. Um, Tona, yeah, she, uh, uh, let's see, Monica Swim is Maria Tavolda and Monica Kalin, uh, Tona, dark-haired prostitute. Yeah, they were the two that were uh, always fighting with each other. And so they were tied up. And then also, too, you had the uh, bride, the lead character, Nanda von Bergen. I'm sorry, um, Otta Taller, who was Angela. 
she was chained up literally to the bed and they faked like electrocution like in uh, barbed wire dolls and Elsa or Wanda the Wicked Warden but let's jump ahead uh, let's see so we have uh, number seven dance scenes on stage no no dancing no stripping but just tons of nudity um, eight club scenes dancing no nothing like that jazz music yes play it jazz music with the after the rape scenes and that. I'll go into that later which is really bizarre uh, number 10 excessive zooms not really the, some of the uh, next one there's a lot of, of close ups not, yeah. not necessarily zooms out of focus shots a few times he didn't change focus he should have but that's kind of minor not too crazy on this yep. mere shots in this not really too many uh, mind control kind of mind control at the end the theme that's, with, that's uh, what I was kind yeah. of thinking yeah because she's like her, her yeah. yeah we'll kind of go into that one when we go but yeah. yeah there's yeah there's a mind control theme kind of has more of a mental society you know view um let's see uh 14 magic tongue scenes yes lots yes. of tongues on close-ups of nipples which could be on the list as well that's but that fits with magic tongue scenes <laughs> uh 15 red lights uh like the first 15 minutes of this oh, film yeah. was like totally red lights like yeah many multiple scenes I mean, because it was supposed to be like a brothel or a bar they worked at to show that they were prostitutes with a red light, but it was just almost overkill with the red light in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Then after that, it chilled out, you know. Yeah, and I really actually liked the the red lights because, yeah, yeah, definitely everything was red light, but he always had this cool, like, blue hue. Yeah. Like of what he wanted in focus or the contrast. Yeah, I gave that nice give effect, almost like uh, with Blue Rita they did when the she was chained up and had that red hue around yeah. that woman's face, the scientist lady, and kind of her face was – she had that red hue around her, kind of really similar. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. Sheepskin rug, no. But one thing I was excited and Eric was happy about as well, uh, masturbation with a sea item. There is in this film the great Monica Swim, which is funny. So actually I was going to – this is my notes, but I'll jump to this now. Uh, the great Monica Swim uh, – has a scene where she smokes a cigar and she teases a cigar and touches her nipples and works its way. And then she masturbates with the cigar. And uh, later on, you know, of course, Monica Lewinsky did that with Bill Clinton. They called that given a Monica, which she was doing the cigar in Regina. So uh, Monica's swim was actually doing the Monica before Monica Lewinsky. So I was kind of laughing about that watching that. It's like she was the original doing the Monica. With the original the Monica. Yeah. And then she took the cigar out of her vagina and started smoking it. And yeah, yep. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. So, yeah, it was cool to see the masturbation with the sea item as in a cigar. So, yeah. Uh, mad scientists. No, no mad yeah. scientists in that. Fish tank shots. No. Talking parrot. Yes. I was a little bit sad. This... Uh, Watch the Full Moon DVD version of this, which I might pick up the Ascot Elite Blu-ray and see if this has changed. But in the English dub, it's a talking parrot, but it's not Jess Franco. So I'm curious if Jess Franco voiced the talking parrot in either the uh, German print or um, the uh, Switzerland print, whatever the voice is that used, used on these. So I'll have to check that out. So Couldn't, couldn't really understand what the parrot was saying. And yeah. usually it's pretty clear. So I don't know if anyone out there knows what the parrot was saying. If you could let us know. I'm yeah. just super curious as to what it was. I th- yeah, some stuff about whore I noticed. I kept hearing him say whore. I think he was saying whore, whore as well, yeah. Dirty whore. And, bon yeah. whore or something like that. Like, yeah, he was kind of like kind of like mocking him or something like that. Yeah. yeah sort of a mocking bird, sort of a parrot, but yeah. 
Um, okay, so here's my notes on this. Um, Red Light uh, starts off the film. You see a lot. 53 seconds in, we get nudity right off the bat. Um, and uh, there's a scene where um, the lead character, the guy with the mustache, the Freddie Mercury-looking dude, he comes in with the, the bride, the lead character, um, who's also in uh, Voodoo Passion. Um, and uh, he takes his hat off and puts it on the bed. And I had remarked to Eric that that's always a, like a superstition. And they do it like in Miller's Crossing with the Coen brothers uh, where you take your hat off put it on the bed. It's bad luck. And sure enough, we see in the beginning multiple women being abducted by the gorillas and uh, being taken away to be served uh, as prostitutes in like a, for the soldiers. And so after he takes his hat off, puts in the bed, they kidnap his wife and take her away before, I guess maybe on their honeymoon. Cause yeah, they just got married. They just yeah. got married. So they uh, beat up him and take her away. And uh, she gets taken to the thing. And it's funny. So the lead actress in this um, that was in Voodoo Passion, um, Ada Taller, she is basically topless in the whole movie. Every scene, they never give her a shirt. Other girls have shirts. And even it's funny, too, because for this well, it's not really a prison, but, you know, Frank always has the prison blues, and in this, the girls don't even wear the prison outfits. They're, mm-hmm. like, they just wear the regular street clothes. They have, like, one outfit only, and they have it for the whole film. Yeah, well, her first scene, she when they walk into the room, she has a top on. Oh, and, sure, okay. And then he, but he strips her down. She takes off her top, and that's when the soldiers come in. Okay. And from that moment on, she has... That's right, that's right. She wears nothing else. <laughs> yeah, so she's top the whole movie. Even, like, when they're, they're taken away, and, and they go to do different things throughout the movie... Certain girls would pick up a shirt, maybe or something. No, I, th- I think they always because, like I said, I think they have their one outfits, but it's funny. Everybody no, the has... blonde girl had different outfits. The, okay, yeah, the one, um, yeah, yeah, Bridget Meyer, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. my my love. Um, she <laughs> she has a different. She had different outfits on. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, she was. Yeah, it's funny. She had a couple outfits with her, but uh, yeah, it was funny to see just her like top us the whole movie. And she has a really nice tits. So I mean, I, it was I no, sure. it was no problem. But yeah, and then but yeah, because she's in food of passion and that. But like I was saying with Eric, like. To me, she's the Lena stand-in. She's the Lena Romay stand-in. Uh, she kind of has the same body type, and there's a scene where uh, Jess Franco does a really close-up shot of her vagina, just like he would do with Lena. She even has kind of the same body type as Lena. She kind of resembles her a little bit. Some of the same, same hairstyle Lena would have later on, that kind of feathered hair and her nationality and everything. And it's kind of cool. It's like if he doesn't have one, he'll go with her. And even the other lead on this, uh, the lead heel, uh, Nanda Van Bergen, she kind of reminded me of Pamela Stanford. It's like if he couldn't get Pamela Stanford or wanted somebody that looked like her, that type, he got somebody that looked like her, kind of physically or resembled to have that same like archetype or character, you know. Yeah, it's like he had a vision. Yeah, yeah. And he just <laughs> said, okay, well, I can't get her, so I'll just have a like a poor man's version of, you know, so-and-so. Um, so, yeah, so we have that. Um, they have palm trees, lily pads, jungle sound effects. Um, and then so after they take them away, there's like the scene where they're all kind of like tied up on these ropes and they're walking through the jungles and they're leading them to the to the uh, brothel and that. And that reminded me of um, um, 99 Women, the kind of the scene where they're bringing them into the prison all chained up together like that. And I was just done the episode right before this. So that was kind of cool. Um, the scene where they bring them into the jail and they meet uh, the uh, Chino. Um, that, that main room was in Blue Rita, uh, especially at the end when they were doing the escape the scene where they take Eric Falk to, to have him sleep when they knock him out and stuff. That house at the end there, that's from Blue Rita. And uh, they do that quite a bit. During the, it was just, uh, just uh, during the chained up scene when they're leading them to the, yeah. to where they're going to go. It was so funny because like the women, the dubbing in it, they're like, Oh, it's hot as hell. 
And then like, you know, one lady and then um the lead, she falls she falls down and the girl's like she says, Get up. You heard him. It sounds like it's slurred oh, yeah. and all like drugged up sounding and just totally <laughs> like there's no sense of urgency in it. Just, get up. Yeah, so yeah, the, that's another thing with <laughs> that's what I was saying. Like, I was a little bit upset because I got like the Jack the Ripper DVD, the or the Blu-ray, um, and the Blue Rita upgrade through Ascot Elite. But as a consumer and anybody's listening on this one, what you might want to do is have English subtitles because I bought that to hear either the German voice track or the Italian voice track or whatever the lead language is and then have English subtitles. But these had English track and other f- tracks, but only Japanese subtitles and like Austrian or some subtitles of the languages that they didn't have the vocal track for, which makes sense, but it's good to be able to have the original vocal track and then the English subtitles on top, you know, because then otherwise it's just, you don't know what they're saying if you don't know the language. So, like even though the Jack the Ripper, the English dubbing is terrible, and on this the English dubbing's hit and miss. I mean, some guys, some some are better than others. Um, but uh, yeah, so then uh, we have a really good extended shower scene with all the women. Uh, I said it was an erect nipple buffet. Um, and then speaking of erect nipples, we have one of my favorite Esther Studer. We see her, and every scene she's in, her nipples are like always erect. I don't think I've ever seen her with like non-erect no. nipples. No. Yeah, very, uh, very thin, brown hair. Uh, I think she's maybe Spanish or Italian. Um, yeah, very beautiful, very, very beautiful. Uh, she's in this, and uh, she's uh, a virgin, and they do the virginity check on her, which they just did in um, Love Letters, Portuguese Nun, and then I think in maybe one of the other prison films, I don't know if it was Elsa or one of the other ones, where they kind of check them like that, and uh, she checks her, uh, and blood comes out of her. Yeah, okay, was that Elsa? Was that's the one where she's like checking to see if she slept with the guard? Yeah, she's like, or she tore, or she punished her by sticking that metal rod in her. Okay, I remember, remember that what was, was she? She wanted to find out if she slept with the guard, so she checked to see if she was still a virgin. Oh, yeah, 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 you're and right. That's how that's she found out which one was the yeah. one that... And then, they, and then, of course, in Portuguese, none in the very beginning, yeah. they come in and check her. So, that, yeah, so it's funny. So he has that... Uh, so I'm curious if that's like a... That could be like a kink, you know, because I was watching this telling Eric that, like, a lot of these films too. Another thing is like you can almost count the kinks of what in here. There's a lot of like licking of shoes, leather. There's uh, whipping. There's um, the virgin. That's obviously a kink. Yeah. Uh, the checking the virginity. You know, she's a virgin and that type of thing. And and there's you know of course the women in chained up rape. Um, there's a lot of those fetishes in here. You almost count that like a there should be almost like a fetish checklist too. I might think about doing that as part of the thing. Lesbian prison. Yeah. List warden. AD. Exactly. Yeah. Another thing too. And it's funny too, cause he, I'll go into some of the stuff that's in the box. That doesn't make sense. Um, okay. So then we have the Virginia check. Uh, we've talked about that. Tons of red light sequences in that. Um, the commander in this, well, I thought was very similar to Wanda Elsa. Um, the, the way she kind of played it too. Um, yeah, and then we had talking parrot, different voice parrot on this. Um, so then we see Monica swim. She's uh, she's a uh, the main lesbian prisoner in the in the group of women. And we first hear she has a shirt that's tied up with a, a g string, and uh, she jumps out of bed. We're like, wow, that's an interesting prison outfit. It's like a prison shirt tied up with a g string, you know. Uh, but yeah, the Franco prison system. Uniforms are pretty interesting in all these films. We have a lot of the female prison guards that have jeans with with no shirt, no, no shirt. bra, and carrying like rifles or like swords and shit. 
we have some of the male guards that have just like short shorts and shirts with things and some people have shirts and no bottoms and some have bottoms and no top or tops and no bottoms and, bo- or, and bottoms and tops and no tops and yeah it's it's a total fucking yeah. weird there's like no theory you know or in some they have this the prison shirt and the underwear and yeah some are no underwear and it's it's interesting uh, some are just totally naked all the way through like the one chick it's totally tops all the way through uh, okay, so we have um, after that. Um, it, it was kind of funny though that scene though with Monica and so the girl just she's a virgin. She just got checked on her virginity, and she's going in the bed. She's like, "Oh my gosh," you know, and she's like crying and upset. And Monica runs and jumps on her, goes, "Oh, hey, come here, come here," and immediately tries to go down and eat her pussy. Yeah, yeah. Like she's immediately, like, oh, I'll make oh, you yeah. feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The other girl jumps and like to protect her. And, yeah. The yeah. prostitute, the yeah, the dark haired prostitute. Yeah. Girl, she's like trying to fight her and shit. And, yeah, because she's like, like tired of her shit all the time. She like totally knows that. She's yeah, a predator. She's like, get off her, you dyke! And she calls all these different names and stuff. <laughs> like and stuff. she's like, hating like, on the lesbian. Yeah, just totally hating totally. on them. Um, so then uh, the so yeah, so I have love camp theory. Lena taken away. I don't know what that means. Uh, oh yeah, so then okay, so that's what it was. So then we have um, the scene on the hammock, the hammock rape scene. Uh, which was Where, so elegant. Yeah, so that's like with the thing, Glasgow Films too, with 99 Women, I talked about that, and a few things. Franco does a thing where they start off and they, and they fight it, and they're against it, and they and they no-sell it, or they fight against it, and then halfway through, suddenly a light bulb goes off, and they enjoy it, and then he breaks into like romantic music, and it shows it's like a love scene, and then it's just like, I don't know, it's a really weird theory of like, you know, it's like a choice, or I don't know, it's it's that's backwards thinking, but... Anyway, that was a very uncomfortable like rape scene. Like he was, they were on a hammock yeah. and he's on top and he's literally bent like a U. Yeah, and he's just gently, gently having making love to her. Yeah, and and, and the hammock was weird. It was like this bamboo fucking hammock, and it, it wasn't a banana hammock, but it was. A, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same hammock that they also use in, in the the I think the tribe scene in the oh yeah, good call. Beds, yeah, yeah, or eighty, 80, 80 beds, yeah, yeah. and I think it's also the hammock that was used when. Um, Esther Mosier comes running in from the for, from the jungle. Oh, and, and the guy was uh, like slaves. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, blah blah. Yeah, blah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think you're right. Actually, That's, yeah. so yeah, we see a lot of the same stuff because uh, uh, the dark haired prostitute in this wears silver boots, and it's the same silver boots in Blue Rita. Because if you look at the cover of Blue Rita, she's wearing the exact same boots, yeah. the like knee high silver boots. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool to see a lot of the same costume pieces carry over from film to film. Um, okay, so the lead, um, uh, um, Otta Taller, um, I always notice something about her. I call her the uh, triple nipple because she has like a, she's an areola, then she has like a partial nipple, and then she has like another nipple on top of the nipple. It's like a cupcake. Yeah. It's, like it's frosting on a cupcake. Exactly. Yeah. Otta Taller, she plays Angela. Yeah, so she has a, a triple nipple. And if Rachel likes it, he shows a close up of it in Voodoo Passion. And, and There's nothing wrong with it. This and uh, Sexy Sister. Or not Sexy. Yeah, yeah, Voodoo Passion. And this. Yeah, no, it's very, really nice. So yep. she's definitely shows on that. Okay. So here's the thing. It was funny. I was sitting there listening to people's names. I did like a little Google search because I knew that Guerrera meant war or warrior and that. So with wrestling, there's a Juventud Guerrera. So I knew that as a wrestling fan. So I was like, okay, Guerrera, I think that's a war warrior. So. Went on with the film was going on and did the Google search from the uh, Spanish to English translation. So the character Walt Davis plays of Captain Chino de Guerra. Uh, and Eric goes, I think Chino means Chinese. So we looked it up and sure enough, 
Chino de Guerra means Chinese gives war. <laughs> or if you go the other way, war gives Chinese. But yeah, I think it's Chinese gives war. So Chino de Guerra is Chinese gives war. That's his name. And for wrestling fans out there, the lead character, Walt Davis, Chinese, plays uh, Captain Chino de Guerra. He uh, looks like Jerry Jarrett in the 1970s. And I showed Eric a picture of Jerry Jarrett. He goes, yeah, I can totally see that. Yep. So, yeah, looks just like him. Uh, so, yeah. So then we see um, uh, chained or tight bound up woman of Monica Swim and uh, Monica Kalin, Toma. Uh, there's uh, a really long sequence where they're, like, tied up and they're being whipped and, like, the rest of the women have to stand there and, like, watch it. And they see some girls wear, like, necklaces. And I said it almost looked like a group field trip or, like, a, or like if you're, like, uh, on, like, a trip on, like, a back lot. And they're taking people around watching the show. Like, it was an extended whipping scene to, like, you know, it went a little bit too long. You've seen all the girls reacting to it and the whipping and their facial reactions and the victims. And you see everybody. It's, like, it goes all the way through. I thought that was a pretty long sequence. It was like, super long. Yeah, totally, totally. Um and then, uh, yeah, so they had some of the um, guards uh, topless with jeans I was laughing about. And then this coming up soon next was really interesting. We were laughing. There was a male shower scene. This might be the first time that Franco did it. It's, uh, so, in, like, the first one, it has, like, maybe seven or eight women or ten women for opening shower scene. Yeah. And this one is about seven or eight guys, including the fat goatee guy. Um what I was laughing at and I think I called him a fat piece of shit or something and I was like well why are you being that guy I'm like well because he's gonna rape the rape Esther Studer's character he's a fucking piece of shit man and I like Esther Studer yeah, fucker well, you know what's funny about him uh, like so and he's also the rapist in uh, Greta too he's the one that comes in and rapes with uh, yeah and, and, and he's in uh, a, a lot of the other Dietrich stuff he's the guy in the club with the dancing around and shit oh yeah and sex clubs so, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It was kind of funny because, like, when he comes in the shower scene, like, all the guys are just there, just showing their dongs. Their dongs just hanging out, right? He comes in there. He walks in there, and his his pubic hair actually covers his penis. It almost looked like he had a, a, a JJ. Yeah. And um, and uh, then all of a sudden in the shower scene, he always turns his back to the camera. Yeah. He never is like standing Short facing. The, no, yeah. he never does for, in the whole shower scene. But he starts like playing with another dude's back and giggling, and then like, oh. Yeah. And then they, and then the other guy goes, oh, uh, he has a boner. And they're like, I don't know if they're talking about that guy or somebody else, but they're like laughing. And it was funny because the girls are like doing their shower scene, and it's funny what the guys are doing. They're like giggling and playing around and shit. It's almost like they're the little schoolgirls like in the shower. Oh yeah, scene. Well, so, look yeah. what they're about to do. Yeah, know? yeah, they're, they're all excited, excited about yeah. getting ready to clean up to do the rape scene. You know, a big prostitution uh, bonanza of the fucking women that are kidnapped for their pleasure. Uh, not ribbed for their pleasure, but kidnapped for their pleasure. So, yeah, so we have that the uh, first time they do a little frolic and shit. Um, uh, and the group watches. So, yeah, the group watches that. Okay. Um, then we cut to another shot of Nine and Women, and that uses a lot of the uh, caged birds. And then it was cut to the caged men and uh, for their sex scene. And what was kind of cool, Eric had noticed that there was like, uh, he hit, Franco shot through two sets of, of like caged bars. And that was kind of a cool shot with all them chained up like that. Do you want to elaborate? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah, no, that was a cool effect uh, with the with the stock. With yeah, the stocks and then the stocks in the background. It's just a lot of um, symmetry. Like yeah. Really cool, really cool shot. Yeah, he has like a, instead of just shooting through the bars and then seeing the actors, he'd have like shoot the bars and then there was like maybe like a four foot, maybe a three foot gap and then another set of bars and then the actors and then the back wall. So it was kind of cool. It had an extra layer like that. And, and uh, looking at the still here when they first come to the office, he has that 
same effect, but with guns, almost like bars, you know, shooting yeah. through the rifles when you're school. And two, uh, talk about that, maybe think about this film has really interesting camera placement, like shooting behind the rifles when they first come into the office to be interrogated or taken away. Um, he shoots under a table, a sequence when uh, the lead is punished by the main commander. He has the camera sitting on the table, and you see the table legs kind of the shot. And he has a lot of cool uh, different camera placement in this film that's a little bit different. And it's also cool and interesting to see Monica swim being uh, punished and tortured like in this and whipped and stuff compared to Barbara Wire Dolls when she was the warden with the monocle and she was dishing out the punishment. And in this one, she's taking the punishment. Um, okay, so then we go to masturbation with the sea item, of course, which made us excited and happy. Monica Swim doing the Monica for Monica Lewinsky, doing the cigar deal. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny because uh, it all st- it stemmed from like uh, the so the gr- the girls just got raped, right? The girls just got raped. They're like looking at so Esther Studer is like looking at Monica Swim, and they're like locking eyes while they're both you know you know just trying to be somewhere else, but where they're at at that moment. And it kind of like created like a bond between them. So then the very next scene, you see Esther Stewart just smiling, just looking at Monica, and then Monica's like playfully playing with the c- lit cigar. And yeah, it was that, just yeah, it was like after. Well, yeah, because that fat goatee guy had raped her twice already, and then after the second time, like the group, expe- it's weird too because like the, like that theory we were talking about, the first time it was against their will, they were fighting it and stuff, except for the. Dark hair, lean the ball, and then, yeah, the and then on the second time, even Monica Swim, you know, just looking around, look at the guy and stuff, and, and totally no selling it, and looking, around, and the other chick was screaming, and then the second time they're both kind of more into it. I don't know if Monica Swim was, but the virgin was fighting and stuff, and the, but they were happier, like you were saying, and then she was happier with the cigar and everything. So it's like that same theory of like once they broke through, then they were happy to be, be that way, you know, like that's their duty, you know, and that's their position. Well, it's also like they they fell in love, like they bonded so much through that yeah through exactly. that moment that they just like they fell in love with each other and yeah it was all over. And then speaking <laughs> of falling in love and then it's all over, then we have the hammock scene number two where now that uh, the bride has now fallen into the graces of uh, Chino, that now she's starting to have a crush on him because he's the lead and he's really macho and her husband's weak. Even though before this. Um, they had done an exam, and a uh, doctor had slipped her a note, and uh, Monica Swim's character sees it and snitches on her, and they take her away and pull the note out, and it's from the doctor that had, her husband has, had smuggled a note to the doctor to have the doctor push inside of her to say he was going to try to save her later on. And so meanwhile, the doctor is taken away, and she's uh, uh, tortured, and then he's killed so an innocent man is killed because this guy wants to get back with his wife, even though he should have just went in and stormed or figured out his own plot, not had innocent people pay for their lives for his fucking <laughs> libido. You know, it's like, come on, dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, so one guy's for, you know. And then the end, it's even worthless because, well, we'll get to that soon. But So, yeah, so then you have uh, the, so then it's, it's tortured. You have uh, the bride, so she's chained to the bed. The bed frame, like like I said before, in um, barbed wire dolls and Elsa, but like, and she's selling it like she's being shocked or tortured, but they have no sound effect of shock or electricity or anything. So, I don't know. It was weird. And then, but Franco had made a point to show her nipples, and then to like pan right down and do a nice close vagina crotch shot on her, (laughs) 
and her vagina hair resembled the hair on her head, the same style and the same coloring. I don't know if she dyed it or what, but it was, it was very, very much like a feathered hair, you know. Yeah, the carpet definitely matched the drapes. Yeah, and the same <laughs> featheredness and everything. I don't know if she had like a little curl. I don't know anyway, but yeah. Yeah. So carpet, we mean carpet. Yeah, exactly. But I mean the same style. Sheepskin exactly. rug. Same brand. Yeah, exactly. It was a Maybe that would be the sheepskin rug then. Yeah, yeah there you go. Good call. And I see. You start thinking of stuff like you start talking out loud. I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, so, yeah, so you see the barboard that. Um, okay, so then, um, oh, yeah, so then in the end, she basically uh, meets up. So she escapes with the uh, two other gals, the blonde prostitute and the dark-haired prostitute. They take off to the jungle just like 99 women, pretty much the same deal. And they are actually um, caught just like in 99 women. That's funny as I'm thinking it out loud now. Same same, same finish. Um, so Franco booked to finish twice. and But in this one, she sees uh, her husband, who she's supposed to meet up with. But lo and behold, he is caught. Or he is held at gunpoint by Chino and another soldier with guns pointed at him. Um, and... Uh, she goes off and decides that uh, Chino's the man that she should be with, and she goes with Chino instead of her husband. And uh, her husband's cuckolded, probably killed, I would imagine. And the doctor, of course, was killed for no reason. And she goes off with him. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so for this one, the song I, reminded me of like an officer and gentleman moment where he like picks her up and walks away with her, and the fucking lift me up where we belong plays and shit. That's what he should have did for that version. <laughs> Put that little cut in, the little super cut. Um, but, uh, yeah, another part too, I was laughing where, uh, the woman says, I want you to kiss me everywhere. And I go, go, where? Like London, uh, Sweden, (laughs) California, New York, Detroit, where, where are you talking about? Kiss me everywhere. But, uh, yeah, I think she went all over her body. It's so funny. Cause like, what was she, what was she billed as the, what the, the, it was it the fierce or the something? The, the lead, uh, bad lady, the lead heel. Yeah. She is billed as commander of the women's division, Camp A1, and she's Green Snake. So I don't know if Green Snake is the division or if that's her character's name. But when she was like something lesbian, like the something like the. Oh, you talking about the the prisoners or the who are you talking about? No, the the warden. Like what was like they there's something and the the evil lesbian warden. Or no, well, there's let's see. Well, no, she's Nanda von Bergen. Is, yeah. is, is, is well, that's the actress's name. And I know that's her title. Okay, in yeah. The movie. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's the actress's name that played her. And then she's commander of the women's division, Camp A One Green Snake. I guess I was thinking more of like what, like a how she's kind of described as. No, like, well, Monica Swim is billed as lesbian prisoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have, well, of course, Esther Studer is a virgin, Lupita, and then Bridget Meyer is. The blonde Pepe Masul, the blonde prostitute. I guess I meant more like in the description of it. Like she's, you know. And oh, the, maybe on the box art or something. It's like she's like, and the evil lesbian prison warden or, you know, some, it's something like that. But Oh, actually, as we we're talking here, I look on the credit list. Cast list, very last one, Jess Franco, voice of Parrot. Oh, yes. <laughs> nice. Very cool. But yeah, it's, it's kind of funny how like. She's like supposed like this evil lesbian, but she's just like, oh yeah, lick me all over, kiss me, like maybe oh, yeah, gentle, yeah, like yeah. it's all like gentle, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like these these fierce people, like even the the rape scene when he was with her on the hammock was like gentle. It's like there's nothing sadistic about that. Yeah. But it was kind of funny when you were mentioning about how like innocent people's deaths, like so the doctor was killed right. for passing the note for the husband, right? Because the husband wants to be reunited with the wife. That's what he's doing, right? Um. So the husband or the the doctor dies for trying to help him out. 
then when she escapes with the two prostitutes, which I thought was kind of funny that oh, yeah. of the four girls in the room, you had Monica Swim, Esther Studer, who did not want to be raped no, by those men. they just stayed together in bed and slept while they snuck out. Yeah, they were a couple now. They, they were together. Right. And then you had the two prostitutes who loved the men coming in. They're like, right. more and more. I, I took totally. three to, to right. satisfy me. Right. So she took the ones who actually enjoyed being there to help her escape. Right. You know, and she left the ones that did not want to be there to stay there. And then those two were shot and killed because they felt they were in part of the escape. So now there's three people dead to reunite a husband and a wife. Now, they escape and they are reunited, but he's held at gunpoint by Chino. And he says, the other two women go back to the prison. And she's like, oh, my God, what are they going to do? You know, they're probably going to kill him. Yeah, he says, I'll, I'll take care of them. Yeah, I'll take care of them. And then he says... You can stay with your husband and he will not satisfy you and that'll be your punishment. And then he just walks away off into the distance and her husband says, he knows what he's talking about. You're no longer mine. You're his now. And she turns around and stares at Chino walking away. He's like, Chino! Yeah. And then runs and joins him and walks away, leaving her husband to stand there. These people died to reunite a husband and wife and she's like, Nah, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm with, I'm Chino's girl. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's how. It looks. Actually, no, I, th- I think just us talking here. I just booked on a fly. I think uh, the song for this will not be the. I think it'll be uh, "Love in Vain" by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Love in Vain. Yeah, that, that fits with this perfect. <laughs> so yeah, so that's actually a good tri- se- segue. What you're saying here on uh, uh, "Flowers of Perversion" by uh, Stephen Thrower. He writes, "Love Camp" is also graced with the most hilarious payoff of any Franco movie of the period. I simply have to explain it, so if you're trying to avoid spoilers, for heaven's sakes, look away now. When Angela is confronted with a choice between heroic husband Alberto, who has joined the rebels in order to spring his blushing bride from jail. Yeah, so he basically joined the group that took away his wife to try to, like, infiltrate it so he could be a soldier to, like, get her away. So he was brave. He wasn't a wimp or he wasn't a cuckold. Um, And, okay, so she's confronted with a choice between Alberto and revolutionary... Cad Chino, who has used and abused women, captured her husband, and sent a gang of escaped escapees back into the clutches of the wicked camp commander. She opts for Chino. Yeah, that's right. The heroine ditches her loving husb- hubby and goes for the sex machine fascist who's responsible for ge- for setting up this love camp in the first place. Off skips Angela, nipples erect, leaving poor old Alberto, <laughs> who's trimmed his mustache and everything, well, and truly stuffed. Yeah. yeah, and it says uh, Frank on screen. Franco does not appear, but he does dub a parrot. He does. He dubs a potty mouth parrot who also heard in slaves. Yeah, the slaves. It, it was just so funny, man. It was just it's just such a funny ending to it. It was like, but I love that Stephen Thrower also mentioned that she had erect nipples. Yeah, like I, I'm glad that he knows that too. <laughs> yeah. So so what's cool about this is we actually just watched this first. I watched this with fresh eyes, not knowing any research or anything on it, and. uh then now after watching it, I'm going to go back and do the research and do the opening segment like we always do. And that's where I let you know some of the behind the scenes stuff and what happened on the shooting and stuff. But uh, it's kind of cool. Some of the stuff we see, I go back and read. And, of course, it's already kind of mentioned in here. So some of that I leave out because we already see some of the same stuff. And I think we were, what we were talking about in the beginning, uh, when we were talking about mind control, we were talking about basically how uh, we were saying, oh, well, maybe the Chino, you know, the fact yeah. that Chino had her such under his power. That like she left her heroic husband. 
Yeah, it's almost like the submission. Once he broke her, then that was the mind control of now she submitted to him. Yeah, she's she's under his control. Um, Okay, so let me go over to the quick locations, and then I'm going to talk about the box art, because that really bugged me. Uh, Locations. uh, The tropical gardens of the Montessieri Palace in Sintra, Portugal, which is cool, provides the exteriors. We see that a lot. Uh, The foyer of the love camp, where new arrivals are lined up, is the hallway of Villa Sonnenberg in Zurich, one of the two main studio setups used in the Dietrich Productions. Yeah, the Blue Rita and all that, that club, so that's cool. Okay, so box art. Uh, <clears throat> this is the uh, Jess Franco collection, full moon release. Uh, positive sides, it's good-looking print, uh, good DVD. Uh, it's got the, uh, let's see, that same Franco Buddy Franco audio interview that's on, like, the other eight or nine of these. Uh, vintage VHS, trailer reel, same, same shit that's on it. Okay, cover of this is totally bizarre. Um, of course, doing covers myself and doing Photoshop, I can always tell when something's Photoshopped right away. This is like totally Photoshopped to hell. There's like four pictures on it, almost like uh, white skin, black thighs, where Franco's on the cover kissing the woman. She's not even, that scene's not even in it. Uh, the other woman that's on the cover is not even in it. Okay, with this, they took the um, uh, Otta Teller's face and put it on one of the guards' bodies and they put some scarves to cover her nipples because that guard wore scarves as well, but they took different scarves and colored them with the shading and everything, and it's just that woman's body with the lead's face on there, on one of them. Then they took, I think, the same guard or a different guard and put her face on that body as well with a scarf covering her boobs. And then you got a woman uh, chained up in the background. I I think that might be... Uh, Esther Studer, but I'm not sure. And then, of course, the one picture that is true, you have um, the blonde and the dark-haired prostitute on the steps with the red light behind them. That scene is actually in the movie. So, out of the four pictures, one is factual, second one possibly, and the other two definitely are not. Um, so that's the first glaring omission. Second one, they have on this, um, let me just read this brief little deal here. Kidnapped, prostituted, tortured, escaped. Jess Franco returns to the women in prison genre with more sleaze, sex, and seduction. In this fourth and final Chicks and Chains film, which is bullshit, he did Sodomania and did many more prison prints and films after this, uh, with, oh, with producing partner, Urban C. Dietrich, and that's correct. Uh, you will find yourself imprisoned in the shackles of some lovely and erotic smut. In the in an unknown South American hellhole, that's true. A guerrilla army violently kidnaps sexually mature women. Sexually mature women. I thought the woman was a virgin. Yeah, what was a virgin? Yeah. So how they sexually mature? <laughs> well, the two women that were prostitutes, but that's not. And the bride who was on a wedding night. So, yeah. and she said she, she had sex with her husband before, before. So she might have had sex with them before, but who knows? Or honeymoon, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that's true. Okay, so, uh, yeah. So Actually, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Now that you say that, okay, that reminds me. Um, because in the scene with the in the very beginning when the husband and the wife they're walking to the room and they're she's right. undressing and she's like we've waited so long like, we've yeah waited so, so I long. think so I, th- I thought she was virgin too at yeah first. well I think she meant like kissing her husband before but that she might okay. have never been with a man because she I don't know but yeah so we got uh, kidnapped sexually mature women they are forced to serve as personal prostitutes and sexual tools in their private jungle brothel that's true those who refused. Brutally decapitated. The first girl, the first blonde girl. She had her head cut off. Yeah, she took the sword and like she's like, "Kill me, kill me!" Like she okay, tried to escape. Yeah, they don't show it though. They don't the show it. They, yeah, I thought she stabbed her. But yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right, you're right. Okay, they showed the sword. That's funny. 
Uh, but the way they act like it's like, you know, you see it. Isn't it uh, crazy? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, a beautiful new bride, Angela, is kidnapped on her wedding night and soon finds herself in the gorilla's rebel brothel. Angela's beauty rapidly grabs the unwanted attention of the sadistic and cruel lesbian wardess of the camp. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Sadistic and cruel lesbian wardess of the camp who wants her for her own sadistic pleasures. Unbeknownst to the wardess, wardress, Angela also draws the attention of the rebel's rugged leader. Confused between the love of her new husband and the newfound attraction to the rebel leader, Angela must fight to survive if she is to be with either one. Finally, a step above most of the other Nazi ploitation films. This is not a Nazi ploitation film. There's no reference of Hitler, no pictures of Hitler, no SS shit, no Nazi uniforms, no mention of World War II, nothing. It's more of a revolutionary or a war down in the South America. Yeah, Eric's not even it, so it's not yeah, even a Eric German. Fall, in yeah, it. exactly. So it's like that's totally bullshit. You have a what's the guy's name? Something Jared, Jerry Jarrett. Yeah, uh, Jerry Jarrett. Jerry Lundy, Jarrett. Yeah. Who dresses like Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, yeah. Good call. I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, he has the Crocodile Dundee hat, and uh, yeah, he's he's totally got got the look down. And he's totally got the seventies like tan in his face, and totally even like the, the necklaces, like the bone necklaces, and yeah, that kind of that shell deal. Yeah, uh, but yeah, step above. So that's fucking funny. But yeah, so that was the uh, full moon walk star. I don't know. I kind of wish like they would like kind of like read through their shit and kind of like you know. I don't know. I think there's truth in advertising and not to be putting fake stuff up because once you watch it once, you go back and go, well, that's bullshit, you know. And I don't know. Yeah, silly. One thing I thought was kind of funny. I, I just thought about like so you have um, you have the, de- the 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 girl got her head chopped off, which they don't show anything. Right. You have the oh yeah the shooting where you don't see any blood, see or, any blood. Wounds or nothing. The girls getting whipped. You don't see their backs. You don't see the whip marks. Right. But when they check for her virginity, you see some blood dribble out onto yeah, the ground. Like that's exactly. the only scene that had any kind of gore. Yeah, good call. You know, even though these are you know, I mean, they're all violent acts. They're all violent acts, but. The other acts killed people. <laughs> and one thing I like, too, about, uh, so a lot of the girls you see naked all the way through and stuff, but the wardress, you only see her finally when she has sex with the bride and she has a the long sex scene with her is when you finally see her nude. And I was like, wow, that's fucking funny. You finally see her nude like maybe an hour into the movie finally, yeah. which was kind of cool. That's good that he kept her nudity away until later on, you know. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Um I liked it. Uh, it reminded me a lot of barbed wire dolls, a lot of Elsa, a lot of bear behind or uh, women behind bars, and and you know, uh, nine nine women and, and some of his themes. I mean, a lot of the same stuff. But yeah, it was entertaining. I thought uh, good dialogue. It was funny. Photographed well. Cool exterior shots. It wasn't all trapped inside of a, those one locations like we were seeing for a while. Um, I like when he goes outside, and moves around. Some cool, cool camera shots. Like I said, cool placement under tables. Looking through bars, through multiple layers, through guns to look like bars, and did different cool kind of artsy shots and, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I know I definitely dug it. Um, what about you? Think? Like, yeah, no, it's a solid movie. Solid yeah. movie. I, I I would show it to somebody. Good stuff. You know, just because it's a it's just a fun movie. It's just a fun movie. Yeah, no, no it, was, it was definitely cool. Um, but yeah, it's so hard I, saying that about a movie that that also yeah. has like. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I mean, it's it's got a bitter edge to it but it's a lot yeah. less sadistic than some yeah. of the other stuff he was doing yeah but, uh, yeah so for so for us uh, wrapping this up here you can find us at francoobserver at yahoo.com uh, I've been getting a few people sending me uh, emails telling me about stuff they've watched and uh, certain films they want us to review like 
Uh, a guy reached out for Lucky the Inscrutable and uh, some other stuff. We had a guy reach out to, uh, sorry, I'm forgetting names, but it's been a few weeks. Uh, I'd reached out for Faceless, and we went and did that. So, yeah, it's cool. Thanks for reaching out to us. Um, digging it now. We're hurting. Uh, we have downloads, listeners in 23 countries now, which is pretty, incredible. Pretty awesome, you know. So, yeah, we're doing that. And uh, November beat, uh, well, November was a record, and December now uh, beat that, and now it's looking like January is beating that. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Keep on listening. Keep on downloading. Our numbers are going up. Uh, we're, we're topping each month. is getting more and more, so that's really good. Keeping the pace and beating it each month, so that's what we want us to keep seeing. Keep watching Franco. Yeah, you have to keep it up. Keep uh, watching Franco. And more stuff will be coming out, probably Blu-rays and that with all of us. Keep keep that momentum. You know, more people watch things, and there's a buzz. People listen, and they release stuff because they know people buy stuff. Uh, of course, we're uh, keeping the praise and memory of Jess Franco alive, bringing the name of films of Jess Franco to new eyes and ears. Uh, please download the episodes. Um, of course, uh, rate and share on your favorite platform. Please subscribe. All that good stuff. Uh, you can get our find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Franco Observer. We got a page on Instagram, Franco Observer Podcast. You can find us there. Add us. Check out all the pictures. Send us notes, all that good shit. We listen to everybody. I respond back to everybody. That writes me. I write you back and all that good stuff. So, yeah, it's always cool meeting all new people, new fans. Um, all that good stuff. Any closing ideas or thoughts or anything I've, you fucking mentioned? No, no, yeah, just subscribe, covered, subscribe, covered subscribe, please. It really, really helps us. Yeah, totally cool. So, uh, good. So, yeah, I think... Uh, after this, you'll hear Love in Vain by Rolling Stones will be the song for this because <laughs> his love was in vain and it was all for shit. Yeah. Know, deaths and everything. So, yeah. I th- I <laughs> and those love deaths and those poor people. Yeah. So, so we did, uh, uh, we did, um, uh, Who's Zooming Who? And then we did, uh, 99 Problems and now Love in Vain. So, yeah. Yeah. Through each episode, we're going to have a cool song that kind of ties it all together. So, and I got credits. I got to say one thing too, real quick. Um, I'm sorry, Monica Swim is hot. Oh, yeah. She is. She's, so she's hot, man. Yeah. She is hot. Like she has like that. She just has such a, a distinctive look. Yeah, and she that that little flirty playfulness. She's hot, man. She's yeah, hot. and she acts really good with her eyes and like her attitude. She carries an expression all the way through. Like she can act tough. She can act strong. She can, and she carries a lot. And she's really game. And she has that cool. Yeah, she's very lean, like Lena like that, where she's she, yeah. she's 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 a trooper and she's a warrior. And yeah, she, she stands out. She yeah. stands out definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, it's always cool to see certain names. She's like, oh, cool, this person's there, that person's in it. So yeah, it's always good to have the, the regulars jumping around. It's so. good to see her in the reversal of roles from playing the warden to now playing the yeah, the prisoner. Her tortured and beaten stuff. And yeah, kind of flip the script. You're bad guy in this. You're a good guy in this. So, yeah, that's yeah, fun. So, all right, well, adios, beautiful nights. Hey, this is your host, Jason Rudy. Um, coming in here doing a quick little add-on uh, for episode 24, Love Camp Film 82. One part I wanted to talk about that I totally spaced, and I'd written it down, Love Camp Theory, that uh, I had forgot what it was, the shorthand, but I remembered it now after the, after the episode. So yeah, basically my Love Camp Theory is this. Uh, this time, um, as we saw in uh, Elsa the Wicked Warden, Wanda the Wicked Warden, that Jess Franco was on the side of the angels. He was the good guy, put himself over, the one that helped Lena and uh, had her, or I'm sorry, helped the other gal find her sister and was the good doctor and was killed. And in this film, um, you have the gal that's kidnapped from her husband, uh, taken away from her husband and brought into a camp 
to be a prostitute and to serve and be uh, kind of the fame and fortune of that. And then I was thinking as I was watching that, that this is kind of going on with Jess Franco in his life right now at this time because uh, you had Lena in the gal who looked like her, the lead, Audia Turner, um, who, okay, so hear me out on this. So basically, like, Franco is like the rebel leader and um, Lena is taken away from her husband, Ramon Ardid, and taken away by Jess and his rebel group of other actresses, filmmakers, and that. And in the end of the film, she chooses the rebel leader instead of her husband, which Lena Romay chooses Jess Franco over Ramon Ardid and goes and leaves with him to be part of his crew. And that's what was going on with Lena Romay and her husband, Ramon Ardid, and Jess Franco and his wife as well. So, yeah, he almost had the uh, the subliminal writings of his own personal life and his own situation going on with the um, script of this. So yeah, as I started thinking about that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally what's, what's, what's going down. So, anyway, I just wanted to add this on after the uh, ending of this show. And, uh, and in this, you realize that her love was in vain, or his love was in vain. So, with that, we go to Rolling Stones, Love in Vain. Well, I followed her to the station With a suitcase in my hand Yeah, I followed her to the station With a suitcase in my hand in the eye. 